Hi there. Welcome to the Crypto Cafe. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg. And in this cafe, we embrace newcomers and experts alike to all things Web3, NFTs, Metaverse, and of course, crypto. We love celebrating incredible creators and visionaries on this podcast. And today's guest, you're in for a treat uh, because this guest created the incredibly popular Instagram account Food Masku while making face masks made from meals cooked during COVID-19 self-isolation. He's a multimedia artist, teaches at the Art and Design Department of CUNY Queens College, minted his first NFT in March of 2021, and never looked back, became the top-selling artist by volume of known origin of that year. So without further ado, I am so delighted to welcome the visionary behind Food Masku, Antonius Wiryajaya, onto the podcast today. Antonius, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I, I can't wait to dive into everything, but first of all, we are kind of in this weird audio metaverse cafe. If we were in a real cafe together, where would we be and what would we be enjoying together? <laughs> I, you know, I, I always love cafes, so I think we would be in a small cafe somewhere in East Village, and I would probably be drinking black coffee. How about you? What would we do? Yes, I'm. I'm also a New Yorker. I'm. I'm in Midtown right now, but East Village would be way cooler. And uh, I. I think I'm on my third uh, bucket of coffee for the day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I. We are. We are kindred spirits there. Um, so, Antonius, tell us. Tell me about um, when your artist journey began, and I'm sure your artist journey began long before NFTs were even a thing. So, uh, what what sparked uh, your your art career? It started when I was 15 years old, and I applied for a job at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston, and they got me an internship at the Slide Library because. Um, I'm dating myself, Randy, but um, back then the internet didn't really have images and you couldn't just go online and look at photos of artwork. So you actually had to go physically to a museum, go to their library and borrow slides. And that's how you look at artwork back then. Well, I feel like, first of all, I, I'm right there with you. Second of all, Gen <laughs> Z would think you were like so cool and so retro for saying that. They're, they'd be like, whoa, like that's amazing to like ditch it all and go back to a museum. So I feel like maybe maybe we were just ahead of our time there. Um, I guess so. <laughs> and and where where did this kind of interest in food meets art come from? Well, I grew up in a household where my mother was a caterer and everybody kind of pitched in. Actually, I still remember the day when she stepped, took me aside and, um, you know, she worked from her own kitchen and she said, you have to start wearing this. And she showed me this thing to put on my mouth. And I said, what is it? And she's like, it's a beard guard. You're starting to grow a beard. <laughs> You're going to have to wear this whenever you go in the kitchen. That's, I mean, good, good for her for like cleanliness and health and, yes. and everything. <laughs> um, and uh, and what what kind of sparked your curiosity with Web three? Um, it was because I had gone viral for two of my videos, and people started to take my content and posted it elsewhere. People were telling me like, "Hey, I saw you on." TikTok. And I said, I'm actually not on TikTok. I am now. But like back then I wasn't. So I looked up online on Google, 
how do you own a digital file? And NFTs popped up. So that's how it started. Amazing. Okay, so take us through the origins of Food Masku. Where were you? How did you dream it up? And, and how did the project evolve? It was around the second week when lockdown had started in New York City. And I was on a Zoom call very similar to this. It was a very serious one, actually, because we were talking about how all our shows were being canceled mm. and um, we were trying to figure out how to move forward. Somebody got on and they had a filter on that made them look like a pickle. <laughs> and I don't know. Um, I've how seen they got that filter. <laughs> You've seen it, right? I've used yeah. it before. <laughs> but they were really embarrassed, you know, and they couldn't turn it off. So um, I was having dinner and I took my a piece of kale for my dinner. I put it on my face and I said, hey, I have a filter on as well. And everybody started laughing. And that was the first time I heard laughter mm. in like two weeks because it was a very serious period of time. Yes. So um, they asked me, you know, what are you going to wear tomorrow? And I realized I couldn't maintain this on Zoom calls all the time. So I started uh, to post it on Instagram. That's so what um, did any food surprise you of either like how easy or how hard it was to work with? Well, the easiest food to mask is usually bread because it's often fluffy and light and it can actually mold your face really easily. Um, the ones that I realized were um, more difficult but actually more enjoyable were fruits because, you know, they tend to be a little more squishy and actually are heavier than I thought. And what, like, um, what was the moment that you realized, like wait a minute, this isn't just like a fun, silly thing that I'm doing. This is, like, this is actually um, catching on with people. I was posting it on Instagram and it was just my personal account. And I happened to be um, friends with and have uh, performed with Malati Suryadharmo, who is a protege of Marina Abramovic. And she actually said, hey, this is really great. I think you should continue to do this but don't forget your training. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> when I trained with you, you made me like stand still for hours <laughs> with a candle in my hands, you know? So I was like trying to figure out what she's trying to get at. And I realized that I needed to do this daily. So I did it for 90 days straight when I didn't leave my apartment in the beginning of COVID. And that's how it started to become a very serious piece of art. Wow. Yeah. I, I was also there in New York City when when the lockdowns happened and it was a a scary time and, and art uh, definitely made a lot of things better. Um, Antonius, can you walk us through exactly how you make a meal into a face mask? Because the I, I wish that we had visuals here on this podcast, but like paint paint a picture for us. Uh, sure. So let's imagine I have like um, I'm making a burrito, for example. So there are two ways to do this. I can either make the burrito first and then fold it and put it together. And then I skewer through it using skewers and then attach clips to it. And then I would put um, a twine and then attach it on my face by maybe um, uh, using some, um, uh, some like, uh, um, you know, just leaning back and putting it on my mouth and then just like tying it together. Or I could go deconstructed and I would actually um you know take the pieces from scratch and put the tortilla on my face and attach that on binder clips and then 
for the other materials and cut it up. Maybe tomatoes can be my eyes and mm. maybe the avocado can be a mouse. So um, it really depends on my mood. But no matter what, the point is like, this is kind of um, like a ritual, right? Like all of us have rituals when we eat, we just don't really notice it. I always notice it when I go to restaurants and people take pictures of their food. And um, there are also rituals in creating the food. Like you can either just create it like the way the burritos created or deconstructed when you would go to a fancier restaurant. Absolutely. What, um, what took you the longest of any of the, the pieces that you worked on? I was asked to do sourdough bread from scratch. So um, for a while, actually, I only took requests. So people would send in requests and I would do things that they requested. And this one person was like, I bet you can't do sourdough bread from scratch. Mm. And I said, I can't even bake sourdough, but I'll try it. It took me four weeks to realize like, oh my God, I can't do this thing. This is really hard to do. But finally, when I did it, I was just so proud. And then I had like sourdough for an entire month. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you, along with everyone else, was uh, was was doing the sourdough bread. Um, so let's let's head into Web3 world. Um, which piece did you choose to do your first NFT or, or which which pieces and um, what what was that process like? I had posted the video uh, creating a charcuterie board on my face and it generated, I think, 3.6 million views. And Amazing. that was the one that was being shared without my consent a lot. So I decided to mint it on foundation. Um, I got invited by Reed and Raider, who are amazing um, GIF creators and amazing fashionistas. So uh, when I posted it, I was like, oh, I don't think anybody's going to look at this, but it sold within 48 hours. And it was just such an amazing experience because, um, you know, I've been an artist for a while. And I think the first time I ever made a sale, it was like $25. And I was so excited back then. And I can't, you know, get over that fact that I made $25. But then I, you know, sold my NFT, and it was significantly more than that. So it let me like, pay half my rent, it let me continue my artwork. And more importantly, it gave me more funds to mint more art. So I was able to continue in the space. Mm. What? Um, so what's next on the horizon for you? Any any other projects that you're dreaming about or thinking about or or um, ways that you want to evolve the Food Masku project? Yes. Yeah, so I am. we're going into another election year. And um, my last series, I actually did 100 days of face mask after the Biden-Harris, um, uh, you know, um, started their uh, presidency. So I'm going to do, I think, um, first ladies always are expected to have recipes for their mm. presidency. So I'm going to do the first ladies recipes and uh, we might, you know, get another one or we might not. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, absolutely. Um, I Who would be like your dream person to collaborate with or like uh, other artists that you'd love to to work with somehow? Oh, I've been so lucky because I've been able to connect with amazing artists. Like I got in touch with David Henry Nobody Jr., who is somebody who I've looked up to in New York City. And I even onboarded him a little bit onto Ethereum. And then I got to meet the photographer, Brooke Di Donato, who is an um, amazing artist. She 
has these pieces where she's living in her home and she's um you know deconstructing her own body within the pieces of the house so um those two artists i would love 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 to collaborate with and the fact that i've been able to connect with them has been just amazing Absolutely. I'm here in the Crypto Cafe with Antonius Wiriajaya, who's the founder and artist behind Food Masku. You're listening to Crypto Cafe. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg. Uh, Antonius, I'm curious. I mean, you you really got into the NFT space at a great time in March 2021. Um, what would your advice be for someone who's um, just getting into Web3 now in a very, very different market climate? That's an amazing question. When I started, I didn't know anything really. So I needed to rely on foundations um, uh, contracts. So I was able to mint through them. But I would tell us, um, an artist coming into the space, you should make your own contract mm. and you should, um, you know, mint your first piece and you know don't put too much thought into it and don't worry about it being sold there's no pressure to do that what's more important is actually um you know creating provenance and um somebody had described this really really well to me like you know it's really about like now you're putting a timestamp on things and thinking about it in terms of like well in you know a couple months people are going to look back and realize like oh my goodness this person had already minted this and this is really important because in terms of time, they were very early. So that's what I would say to a young um, an artist coming into the space now. It's great advice. Um, do you keep in touch with your collectors or the, the people who have bought your NFTs? Do you even know who, who they are? Of course, that's the best part about Web3 because um, remember that piece I told you for I sold for $25 a long time ago? Yeah. I haven't kept in touch with her. I don't know where she is. I don't know where that piece is anymore. But in Web3, because everything is on the blockchain, I can actually track where all my NFTs went. And a lot of my collectors stay in touch with me and the ones that uh, don't, at least I can see where the art is. Mm. Any any kind of fun or surprising interactions that you've had with any collectors? I remember when Bianca de Medici collected my work and wow. I was like, oh my goodness, she's great. And then when she came out of Sia, I was just so shocked and I was just amazed because, you know, this is somebody whose music really influenced my life. So um, that was the biggest shocker for me in terms of collectors. That's pretty amazing that Sia has one. Which What what piece does, does she have? She has five. She what? has five pieces of mine. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Sia yeah. is a super fan of you, Antonius. That's that's so cool. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious, did you, do you eat the food after you work with it or is it like not, not edible at that point? Oh, I always eat the food and the ones that, uh, you know, I make too much of, I put in my fridge or freezer. Unfortunately, sometimes I forget about it and does go to waste, <laughs> but, um, everything that goes to waste, I compost, um, and everything that falls, falls to the ground. Um, I also compost because my floors are very dirty. Artist mm. floors, very dirty. <laughs> um, yeah, so I always eat the food. It's it's part of the artwork. I feel. And do you do you still do you still get enjoyment out of food after like working with it as a medium all day, or are you just like over it? Oh no, of course, yeah. Actually, I remember whenever um, I finished creating something, I'm like, oh god, this was such a stressful day. I'm done. 
Um, then I thought, how do I celebrate? Oh, I'm going to go out and get some boba <laughs> or something, <laughs> or I'm going to go out and get a cake. You know? So yeah, I always reward myself that's... with food for creating my food art. Okay, that's good. Because I, I was I was worried. I mean, I, I get so much enjoyment from food. And I, that would be my biggest worry about using it as a medium is that you'd be like, okay, no, I can <laughs> never look at a kiwi again. Like, I'm, I'm over it. Um, where Where do you think the intersection of art and cuisine and tech are going. I mean, you you're really at the forefront of of the combination of a lot of these industries. Where, where do you see this moving forward? Uh, I see a lot of innovation happening. For example, um, another group of NFT creators, Shefty H F T Y, founded by um, Spike Mendelson and Tom Colicchio. Also, Spike collected my work. They are creating this. Um, a platform for people to be able to stream, which makes total sense because people really love to show off their cooking to each other. So a streaming platform that is Web3 native, I think they're working on that. Um, another thing people um, should know is like the service industry was hit pretty badly during the pandemic, still recovering, things are still coming back. And um, I think that there are a lot of solutions within Web3 that could help with that as well. Um, things like where creators can, you know, put up the recipes and that can be on the blockchain. Um, and then I also think that in terms of the boring stuff, blockchain can totally fix a lot of things because like I said, uh, my mother had her own catering business. If her recipes, uh, sorry, not even her recipes, if her um, receipts for her uh, hard work or her receipts for her materials were on the mm -hmm. blockchain, it would be so much easier for her for accounting purposes. Totally. So those things are going to change the industry, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, I have just a, a couple of questions left. So I'm, I'm curious, a lot of artists I, I know are very, are scared to put themselves out there, especially if they're doing something a little more experimental or cutting edge. Um, how, how do you deal with hearing both positive and negative feedback on your art? Oh, I've been dealing with negative feedback almost my entire art career it's kind of funny um no matter what i do somebody seems to be angry at it <laughs> i'm kind of used to it by now then you know um, you, you know you're doing something that matters <laughs> when you like piss people off a little <laughs> yeah that's what my mentor nancy hutchinger said she um she told me that a long time ago when i was working on my thesis in um for my master she was like you know you're doing something wrong because you just pissed off an entire community of people. <laughs> so um, the way I see it, though, is whenever you do something like that, you're bringing out an emotion in somebody. And as long as you're being respectful and not trying to hurt somebody's feelings and actually trying to incite that feeling, it's probably good. <laughs> so, um, so my advice is um, don't listen to their negative criticism of you, but rather listen to how they feel. And if the emotions are there, uh, it's important to read those emotions, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the most important thing whenever dealing with people who criticize your work negatively. I think that's such wise feedback to close our interview on. Antonius, where can people go to reach you? And, uh, and um, this is your opportunity to shill any projects that you have that we should be paying attention to or anything you have coming uh, down the pipe in the next few weeks. You can find me on all socials as food mask, the letter U. And that's actually a double entendre because mas in Indonesian means brother, ku means mine. So it's food, my brother. Mm. 
And um, you can also find me on most of the platforms uh, for art marketplaces. Uh, I've been on the front page of almost all of them, which is great. Super Rare, OpenSea, um, Foundation, uh, Known Origin. And my next big thing is I'm going to go to the non-fungible conference in Lisbon, and I'll be debuting uh, a couple new pieces there. Incredible. Well, it was such an honor to get to chat with you today. I've been a huge fan uh, of yours oh, for almost you. a year now since uh, since I started seeing your art all over uh, all of the popular Web3 sites. And um, I'm just I'm so excited to see where your art and your career go from here. So Antonius, thank you so much for, for joining me in the Crypto Cafe today. Thank you. Such a pleasure speaking with you. I uh, Antonius uh, shared some really wise words today about vulnerability as an artist, uh, advice for making your own smart contract. And just, you know, I think what's so exciting about Web3 is that no matter what your style is, what you're doing on the cutting edge, you will find your tribe and your audience and your collectors. And not only that, but then you'll have the opportunity to actually stay in touch with those collectors and reach people around the world in a meaningful way. So highly encourage you to check out Food Mask U. Uh, That's Food Mask U, if you're spelling it out. And uh, it's really just creative, delightful, and uh, will put a huge smile on your face. Thanks for joining me in the Crypto Cafe today. I am your host, Randy Zuckerberg. We were chatting with Antonius Wuriajaya, founder of Food Masku. Join us next week when we're back with an all-new episode.